Welcome to the 365 Message Center Show, where we help you plan for change, prevent or fix, and stay informed. Today, we're going to be covering off the new design for Yammer Discovery and Digest emails. Uh, there are um, ways of creating tasks out of messages in Microsoft Teams. And sticking with Microsoft Teams, we've got some webinar news. Let's roll it. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Hello, Wapa. everyone. Welcome to episode 191. That was a wonderful. Oh, welcome. That was a wonderful introduction there, Daryl. That's good. That's good. Yeah, there's there's a few slim pickings uh, this week uh, that we're going to get into. Um, yeah. Well, look. Let's be honest, Daniel. We were we we're talking about what we're going to cover this week, and we were talking and talking, and uh, yeah, some of it feels a bit light, but it is relevant. It's good that we've been told what is happening and changing within our tenant. I, I agree with you. Someone should make a show about that. So um, let's go ahead and start, shall we? And let's yes, talk yes. about uh, Yammer. Yeah, what a way to open. Yammer design for, sorry, new design for Yammer discovery and digest emails, MC250899. New design for Yammer. Um, so this sounds very flashy. Um, mm -hmm. This is the discovery and digest emails that you may or may not have turned off. <laughs> um, if you've gone through Yammer notifications and you said, look, I don't want to know about stuff. I don't want to discover stuff. I don't, I don't care for digest emails. I will engage in Yammer when I want to engage in Yammer, if at all. The purpose of those emails is really to try and help you find new stuff and just keep up to date with things. And it's all driven by AI and, and what it thinks you would be interested in. Mm -hmm. So these emails have come to us and they have normally been quite static uh, in that it's just, here's a conversation, there's a conversation, ever a conversation. Feel free to click through if you want to. But now this email is going to be interactive. Um, Daniel, I know you don't use email, uh, sorry, Yammer too much, but um, you have seen the interactive email when Yammer is notifying you of a conversation that you might've been mentioned in? Absolutely, I have. So what happens in it? Well, uh, I, I hit, I click on it, I see it, and then I hit delete. No, <laughs> yes, I'm joking. Because... <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, so you receive it and you can engage with the content in your email. But the yeah. being able to, uh, and pe people that have been watching the show know I like receiving email because uh, I, I can manage it there. You know, and, mm -hmm. and Yammer emails when engaged, I do like receiving those because I can engage with the content right there. Yeah, the history of uh, the Yammer notification email has been an interesting one. Uh, there was a time where you didn't even have to visit Yammer and you could just engage completely with Yammer via email and just reply and respond and mm -hmm. that was fine. Then they went through a phase of, no, we want you to visit the product. So we're going to give you a very brief um, blurb but uh, not enough really for you to really want to click. Well, you want to click through and see the full thing and go to the go to the platform. Then came um, adaptive cards type technology, which is what we're talking about today. You can go into an email and interact with it. And so this is what's been brought into the discovery and digest emails. Um, so that's if it's trying to encourage you to check out new content or catch up with things that are a digest, you can do it directly from email or click through and have that full experience within the Yammer platform. Uh, 
Um, so, yep, the key thing that Daniel's showing there on the screen is if you don't have those notifications ticked, you're not going to get this experience. So maybe take a fresh look um, at ticking these boxes and maybe discovering new content, new conversations. Yep. This is going to be rolling out um, beginning of late May. Uh, sorry, we'll begin in late May and expected to be complete by late June. Oh, and I guess the other thing to summarize there, um, the interactive email part of it, it's for Outlook on the web and, oh, actually, no, it's Mac, it's iOS, it's Android. Yep, okay, so it pretty much covers all the, all the platforms, maybe not your Apple Watch, but that's about it. <laughs> Did you say the, the ID number? I don't remember. I did. I started with it. I'm I'm getting good at that now. I don't know if you're gonna if you're getting good. I, I don't want to compliment you or anything. <laughs> um, but I will give you a task for you to make sure that uh, you follow up on that message. Speaking of tasks and messages, is our next message Teams create task from Teams chats and channel post MC two five zero seven nine six soon we'll be able to create tasks based on teams posts within teams right so early may uh rolling out and to late may when the task app is installed in teams this so this is teams on the desktop we're not talking about mobile at this point mm -hmm. then you'll be able to create a task based on any post or chat of course, um, all tasks will be located in your My Tasks, and you'll also be able to add them to a shared plan. And the hmm. task does, and this is probably if the best feature of this is you get to create a task based upon a chat. I think the second best feature of this is the tasks does include a link back to the original post so that when you're looking at the task, you want to take action, you can go back to the original uh, so you can get context. What was That's being great. talked about? I think it's fantastic because mm. frankly, when you're having chats, I, I find myself getting things assigned to me or taking ownership of something, but there's no way of tracking that. I mean, I can go manually create a, a task. Yes, or I can even go old school and write it down, but it would be nice that if my project manager says, hey, Daniel, could you, you know, check on blah, blah, blah. Or if I uh, or if I asked my uh, technical lead to make sure that they do something for the client, then mm. they could go in and say, oh, this is a task and assign it to myself and give it a or, you know, add it to a share plan. Uh, so I'm I'm really enjoying this. Do, do you find yourself kind of working in that way, Daryl, with within teams having chats and assignments naturally kind of happening or something you want to be reminded to do to do? No pun intended. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's usually um, a conscious effort for me to write. That was the language within the, the chat or whatever that someone is asking me to do something. Do I go over and use a task list? Or um, do I just hope that my memory is good? Um, so what Daniel is showing on the screen here, apart from the, the Happy Monday uh, <laughs> Garfield graphic, um, is the example of where you can uh, use the ellipsis button if you hover over yep. a, a message, um, mm -hmm. and then you can get into whatever other apps and things you can apply. The Create a Task will be there. Mm -hmm. And 
like you, I think it's it's really good that uh, it can link back to that conversation to get that context as we need it. Mm-hmm. Um, that, yeah, the other thing I would say, like if that other example that you're showing there too, uh, don't be lazy people. If you say create task and then you just go, yep, that's great, assign it or add task and we're done, check out that um, name of that task. It literally is taking the first, I don't know how many characters of that message. I thought it went really well just need to follow through with legal on a few open issues. Is that the name of the task? Maybe I could um, Condense it. spend just a couple of moments, yeah, and make some more sense of that so that it's I, it's not just verbatim. Right, and I would also say pay attention. You know, we have that friendly, wonderful checkbox at the bottom to mm. if you're going to post it in uh, the actual chat or in the channel, do you want that to happen? You may, yeah. it's just be careful that it may be that if this is a task for yourself that you want to, maybe you don't want to put a, um, you know, that task card in there. Uh, mm-hmm. So just be, be wary of that as well. I, again, you may want that and that's fine, but yeah. maybe you don't. So I agree with you. Don't just, you know, click, click, click done. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a task. Make sure you know what's going on and, and it makes sense when you're looking at a list of your tasks, right? Yeah. Now, there's another good use case for this too. Uh, it's bridging the gap between an email and Teams. Uh, when we can send an email into a team or a channel, mm-hmm. um, that's one thing to share it with the team and say, hey, what do you think? And we should really do something about this. But now we can assign a task to the team and add it to our team planner. Pretty cool. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. I, I think this actually will increase my productivity. And I am I love when that happens. So whenever we can increase productivity, that's fantastic. So and I think this will do it. It's such it's a mm. it seems like an easy thing, right? But you know, a simple thing, but I think it will um, most certainly um, do wonders uh, for for my chats that I'm having with people. So definitely good. Yeah. good. yeah so uh, speaking of chats, uh, and uh, being in teams, wouldn't it be great to have an experience where, uh, like uh, almost like a webinar experience in teams? Mm. You know, we've uh, been talking about that as we've seen we different have. features being added to Microsoft Teams meetings. Mm-hmm. And then I even questioned it was sort of in response to those announcements that ignite. Are, are we seeing the, the death of the live event? Which isn't so. Um, right. Sorry, you know, but it's more that the live event and webinar type features are coming into um, to the meeting experience. So here it is, Microsoft Teams webinars plus new meeting registration options, MC250958. Um, this is bringing um, a registration page to your meeting. And so when you are creating a meeting, um, you can choose at the moment, you've got live event or meeting. You'll also be able to choose webinar. And that uh, signals that you also want to create a registration page, which could be used internally or externally if your policies allow it. Uh, now why would you want someone to sign up to attend a meeting? Um, it is because you want to capture registration um, details. You might also, and I think this is one thing that uh, we saw from the demos earlier on, um, ask a question so that people can respond to that question as they're registering, and you can use those responses within the webinar that you are uh, organizing. 
This is a capability that will be available to users uh, with uh, E3, E5, A3, A5, business standard and business premium. So it's covering most of us, but we don't see the government tenants in there yet. Um, in fact, not even a mention of whether that is coming later. Um, it is going to be end of April through end of May that we'll start to see it appear and be rolled out. So we're looking forward to trying it out. There are some um, options there as you're setting the registration up, um, and it's just that bottom graphic there that Daniel's got, uh, where you can set it for no one, no registration page, please. I'm just setting up a webinar. Don't bother with the, the uh, registration page. For people um, within my organization and guests, or for everyone, the two different options between those two last choices. Um, for people in your org and guests, that people that you've invited, they may be external. You know, that's what guests means. The third option for everyone is if you're allowing anonymous people to come along and register for this. So um, that's that's another way of you know putting it out there and trying to gather people for a webinar. Um, lastly, to finish that off, if your organisation has set any policies about um, the way that meetings are. Um, made available. Maybe you have said we don't want anonymous people attending any of our meetings. They've got to be identifiable. Um, then this policy is going to respect that. Um, sorry, the webinar feature is going to respect that, and the registration page. You might be able to create it, but it won't actually allow people into the meeting. And that's not a great experience that you can create something and not actually be able to use it. But at least um, at launch, it's not going to allow people to to come in anyway. Um, Daniel, you uh, attend and sometimes uh, organize webinars. Are you going to see this feature to be quite useful for you as an organizer? Absolutely. I think the ability to create these, have people attend um, with all of the features that we were, we've talked about before, uh, the actual meeting experience itself, being able to manage how all that works, I think this is... Uh, a functionality that a lot of people use. And in fact, now that it's going to be on by default, I think uh, people will start creating these um, and using them. And it'll be interesting to see how people use it. Mm. Uh, you mm. know, what use cases they use it for. Uh, because it's going to be there. You know, we think of it as a webinar, as a, you know, that's the type of thing you're, but I, it'll be interesting how people use this, you know, for mm. things like, what about a training? You know, and you send out an invite for training internally and you want to know who's coming. So you have a yep. registration page. Uh, and normally if you just send, send a Teams meeting, then you don't know who's showing up. Uh, you know, they may or may not click yes, I'm coming. So this way you have a registration. And I, I mm. feel like, and then, you know, getting information from them, you know, what's your T-shirt size or what's your um, dietary requirements? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think this doesn't have to necessarily be a strict webinar. That's what it's, you know, the functionality is called. But it's going to be interesting to see how people use it. Mm. Hey, the other thing about this, um, we've got a few bullet points there about what's required. Mm. Um, SharePoint lists are required mm. in order to make this work. And so you and I were talking about this before, you know, starting the episode. Mm. Where do those lists go? Like if I'm a person organizing this meeting, it's a webinar, it's a private webinar, um, 
and I'm the organizer, apparently this list that sits in the background for registrations is going to sit in my OneDrive site collection somewhere. Yeah, that's where I assume it will be because it doesn't have a team to live in. So nope. it's going to be, uh, I would assume, in your OneDrive. And then hmm. and we, we don't need to dive into this because it's an interesting conversation and I think it'll take a while. But how do you get to that list of information not through teams? Think about how does someone else get into that list of information? Maybe mm. you've registered, you've scheduled, but then you're out of the office for some reason and for unexpected reason. How do I get to that information on who registered or, or you win the lottery and you no longer work for our company? How do I get to that information? So I think that's, it's an interesting topic to, for people to mm. kind of think through uh, as we move forward um, and understand how this, this data is, is stored. Definitely. Yep. Um, hey, let's get on to quick mentions, Daniel. There's a, a few that I think are definitely worth a, a quick mention this week. Uh, your one deals with governance to start with. Yeah, this is Microsoft Information Governance, Update to Retention and Label Policies for Microsoft 365 Groups. I think the title has made this not a quick mention. MC250342. Sorry, you've used all your time Yes, already. I have, yeah. and I barely got through it. So basically right now, when you set a uh, retention policy, a label and, and label policy, you're setting on a group. You're setting that on not only the SharePoint, but also the mailbox. So the SharePoint site and the mailbox for that group. Moving forward, though, you will be able to, and this is rolling out mid-April, uh, by the end of May should be completed, you'll be able to separate that out. So apply a policy to the mailbox that is separate than the policy that is applied to the SharePoint site. I can see lots of use cases for this because you want to retain different the information differently and, and label it differently. So I, I like that they're separating this out. Yes, you do have to uh, use PowerShell to update a policy, you know, that, that you've got going, but um, this is, I would foresee this moving forward, you know, you won't have to use PowerShell, um, hopefully, but I like the separation. Um, that's it. That's what this me this message is all about. Uh, it does give you some information about how to create a policy and update an existing policy on this one. Uh, so check it out if that's your if that's your um, if that's your thing. I really uh, like this and giving us more control. Next, sir. Yes, Outlook mobile clients will soon be able to provide uh, access to delegate mailboxes. This is MC250343. Uh, now, I don't know how often you're going to come across this scenario, but let's say that you, um, uh, like we said earlier, um, you are out of the office, you're maybe you're on holiday for a week or on leave for on week, and you need to give access to your mailbox. Um, you don't have your laptop with you. Uh, now you'll be able to do it from your mobile. Uh, so good that we can do this. Um, like I said, it's not something you're going to be frequently doing. You, you probably have, if you do have someone helping you out with this sort of scenario, maybe you have an executive assistant. Do you have one, Daniel? No. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say, yes, of course I do. No. Yeah. Yeah, but if, I mean, that sort of scenario, if you're working mm -hmm. together as a team and you're yep. sharing a mailbox or you need to delegate your own and, and work together, 
um, you can do this now from your, your mobile. So well, and I think that, that that scenario you just talked about is important, mm -hmm. but the also now we're also able to see the mailbox that is delegated to us on our mobile. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah. is I think, the More other important. side of it is that, you know, all yeah. those ad, those executive assistants you were talking about, now they'll be able to actually see those mailboxes in mobile. I think that's, you know, fantastic yeah. as well. Yeah, because that that actually prevents them from doing the other dodgy workaround, which is having the username and password oh, so yeah, that yeah. they can deal That's with. Right. No, no, no. Don't want to do that from your mobile. Bad, bad, bad. That's right. Uh, Daniel, tell us about uh, quarantine. Yes, stuff. quarantine portal deep link. Deep link. And end user spam notification MC250950. Uh, this message sounds way more important than it is. However, I, it's a little bit of a soapbox moment for me because I have this problem every time where I go, okay, I need to get to my quarantine. Um, you know, how do I do that? You know, and I'm looking at a message and I want to, I want to be able to get to the quarantine as a whole. I don't want to have to go to a specific message. It's very clunky unless you know the URL or have it shortcut. Well, now uh, we're going to have, as I'm showing on the screen, the new behavior for it will have a link. That's the deep link. Uh, it'll have a link to the quarantine page so that we can actually get there. Um, <laughs> Just before, right. before it wasn't there. So this is one of those like, well, uh, it would have been great to have this. Rollout begins early May and should be completed by late May. I don't know why it's taking so long, frankly. <laughs> why does it take a month to roll out a UR, you know, to change text to a URL? But whatever, uh, it's about time. Looking forward to it. All right. And the um, last one. Lastly, yeah, Microsoft Forms Data Insights. Uh, I got a little bit excited about this one only because I was imagining, again, our meetings and kind of webinar scenario. Um, you don't really get that from the title. But Microsoft Forms Data Insights, colon, Word Cloud for Open Text Question, MC250669, Word Cloud, yes. We've all seen them before. Uh, type something and you'll get the different words and they'll get bigger and smaller as people say the same thing or, you know, they'll just basically come together to show all your submissions. And this is what's going to be coming to, to Forms. Uh, it's going to be AI-driven. Um, it's going to be based on an open text question. Um, so you can, let's say, um, give me uh, how are you feeling today at the beginning of a, I don't know, a conference or something. I'm just spinning stuff here. Or, or you're trying to get like a one-word um, suggestion for an idea. And, mm -hmm. you know, all these, um, apparently the AI will find that and it will, um, you know, form a word cloud out of it. However, I did find something funny down here. <laughs> um says users in the notes section, users may not have a word cloud generated for their open text uh, question. Uh, in such case, it's because the service has not found any meaningful results to show at the end of this point. So the AI is basically determined that your question or your response is boring and you don't seem to be cloud worthy. So I have a, an example. I have a, a, a good example of the way this could be used. I just ran a user group meeting last week with a group of panelists uh, mm -hmm. there were six panelists and different it was a really good meeting but everybody had different expertises 
expertise on everything from compliance to power platform to it was all over the place right and so people could submit submit questions and i used forms mm. for this and the tag cloud would have it would have been great to have this word cloud so that we could kind of see what is uh, what are the kind of the responses in general what and if we had we would have seen there was going to be a whole lot of power platform questions uh which <laughs> there was and because there was all these questions we couldn't really get a gist of of all of them that way but with a word cloud we would have seen that so that's i think was that way. was that a question that you asked um before the user group session yeah. or during i'm just wondering how both. quickly these results might turn up no both i scheduled it and we had that that form open for almost a month and we're asking mm -hmm. people to to submit questions beforehand so we can make sure we could get to them so okay. you know, i think it would have had plenty of time to do that yeah mm. what i want to see and i'll just close with this um is uh the meeting optimized apps that are now within mm. teams you can add forms and you can ask your questions and run your polls be good to see that word cloud working there yeah. where if the ai is quick and good enough and it senses that you are interesting you've had a, <laughs> a relevant no, no, no. it's response. not that you're interesting it's the responses are interesting enough oh, to, right, right, yes. right, right. yeah yeah so then it'll add you to the word cloud and then maybe that'll be something we can see within the meeting which would be i, I think that would be something cool we could test we could yeah. probably test that yep. with the regarding 365 team let's so do that it's time for their callback this week and this one's a little breaking the rules just a little bit because normally our callbacks mm -hmm. are something that is now in our tenants that we can show you or we could demonstrate this one isn't so let me explain people don't quit throwing stuff at me task by planner and to do and that's in quotes app name to be shortened to tasks in quotes within teams mc250528 so if you'll remember there was an announcement that was made that hey we're going to rename this stuff and it was actually a staged kind of rollout uh, and it was it was a bit odd but it was a staged rollout where they were going to say we're going to rename it to to um we're going to shorten it and then we're going to even shorten it again to task and this is what this message is about is finally we're going to have a task app and that's what it's going to be called in teams period um and so this rollout is early may to mid-may and you know we were talking about before the task app for you know creating a task in the, for a teams chat or a channel post um so this is that same app so it will be uh it'll no longer be um you know tasks by planner and the to do, and to -do. App. yeah uh and it will now be just tasks so you know uh, yeah. daniel yeah. it was it was to me it was always tasks by pl dot 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 because that yeah. big old name does not fit on the app bar. <laughs> yeah, I so I will tell you, I remember there was a meeting where we were asked by somebody who was kind of in charge of this naming and they gave us a poll of what would you name it? And tasks by planner, um, I think was probably the simplest of some of the options. So just just know that you know it could have been worse 
I'm glad so, that we, we got through it. Though. Yeah, I, so, I, I still don't really understand the need for the transition, but, you know. So anyway, so it, it's coming uh, again. It's not here yet, but we wanted to kind of highlight that um, this is something that came back up to say, because it was a staged kind of rollout, here it is. It's going to happen this coming month. And uh, it's going to be tasks. And I think it's going to be simpler. I think people will understand that it's it's tasks. Hey, so that's it. Good, good. So that is our episode, episode 191. Yes, we did it. Everyone, we'd love to hear from you. We really would. Post uh, a message down here below in if you're on uh, YouTube. Post a message, say hi. If you are listening in your favorite uh, podcast app, then go ahead and like the podcast there in your podcast app. Uh, we actually do like reviews on those we podcasts do. as well. Most certainly. Yeah. We love those five-star reviews. Um, and if you're on, uh, go ahead and, you know, if, if you, it's just a one spot, go ahead and subscribe to that podcast. And if you're listening on YouTube, click that subscribe button and then punch the thumbs up on this episode. Punch it. Just go ahead and punch it. And then click the bell so you get a reminder that uh, women go live. Did I do that right? I looked this so many different ways. Um, <laughs> I think I think we got the, the main uh, calls to action there. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We didn't have a clubhouse meeting this past week. Uh, we just couldn't make it work. But uh, let's plan for one for this week. So um, be, be watching out for that. And again, if you need an invite... Ping us on the socials at 365MCS and ask us for an invite. Thank you, everyone, for uh, being here this week. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you uh, next time. Bye-bye for now. 